Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone. Welcome to the 41st edition of the Leader Post Rider Rumblings podcast. I finally got the number right. I've been failing at this since probably number two, but um, I've decided that I can remember the number by associating it with a Rough Rider uniform number. So I told myself last week that this week would be Tyron Brackenridge. <laughs> there you go. Number 41. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got that right. I'm kind of proud of myself. Our, our guest is uh, Trent Fraser. Uh, he's with us for his second appearance. This is number two for Trent Fraser. Yeah. Uh, we had so much fun last week, uh, and tangentially, we didn't get to some of the things I thought we were going to get to because we uh, uh, talked a lot about the sort of how the riders got to the point that they they're at now. But we never actually talked about the current edition of the football team. <laughs> so leaving that uh, wide swath of material available to us, I thought, why not do this again and trans such a uh, a lovely and engaging guest. I thought. Lovely. Uh, I thought I would invite him back. So Trent Fraser, uh, thank you again for for joining us. Well, it begs a question too, Rob. Uh, is that if Murray's not here you, and he, and I'm not here, then you don't have that many friends, correct? That is yeah. absolutely yeah. Okay. true. Yeah, um, I get it. And I don't even have a dog anymore. So if, if you and Murray won't do the show next week, I, I have to rent a goldfish from somebody. I just <laughs> have to swim around here and yeah. do a soliloquy for, for, for a while. So Engaging conversation. It will be. <laughs> well, if there was a goldfish here and you there, we'd probably get end up with a more <laughs> enlightened dialogue. Yeah. So um, we're going to begin today, as we do every week, with uh, questions from viewers of the podcast. Um we didn't get any last week, so let's get on with the podcast. If, if, you, if you have any questions, uh, uh, that'll be a miracle, but feel free to e email them to me at rvanstone at postmedia.com. That's rvanstone at postmedia.com, and we'll be pleased to read the questions if we get, get any. any. So, yeah. um, so the 20, 2019 Rough Riders. Uh, Trent, Trent's association with the team dates back to 2000. Beginning of 2000 yeah. season to the end of 2014. Yes. So a very prosperous right. and influential uh, five-year. 2004, yeah. 2000, did, I say, yeah. did I say 2014? Yeah. 2004, a yeah. very influential five years in the history yeah, of the right. team where, where <laughs> things began to turn yeah. toward where they are now. Toward where I think the expectations now are for this team every year to be very good. I don't think the expectations were such. No. When, when you started and they were coming off a three-win season and you you instantly improved them to five. Yeah, that was, yeah. Well, Henry Burst. <laughs> and then six it, right? and yeah, then eight. Yeah, and it wasn't me. It was certainly, uh, we, we were on the business side, but, you know, we, as we spoke last week, Roy Shivers had a lot to do, do with that and Bob Bespaziani, who's passed away now, but uh, there were some good things that happened there. But you're right, the expectation level of any fan, in which I am, I'm simply a fan now, um, is very high. We expect our Rough Riders to do well. And uh, and that's testimony to all the hard work that all those people did after us, like the Jim Hobsons of the world and, and the, the GMs that you saw after the fact, right? There was once a time when the ideal goal was just to get through the season and <laughs> still have a have a franchise. Yeah. Well, it was I, so perilous once upon a time. When, when I started, there was that old joke, and I'm sure most of your your listeners have heard it is is uh, if you go to Walmart and you leave two rider tickets on the windshield when you come back there's four rider <laughs> tickets <laughs> but but that's not the case anymore people want to go to the games of course you know we we're still a huge draw for for TSN across Canada when we, and uh but but there's nothing like being at Mosaic Stadium and and actually seeing it in person the um Interesting. We talked a lot about Roy Shivers' influence last week, and um, I can't recall if we discussed the the trade in which he got 
Kerry Joseph and Darian mm-hmm. Durant in one deal. We mentioned it. We yeah. mentioned that. And Roy set the table very well for the next regime, which proceeded to win a great cup in year one post Shivers and Barrett. Um, I thought an interesting starting point would today would be what kind of, sh- what kind of shape did Chris Jones leave the team in? Cause I, I think generally pretty good, yeah. but the the one thing he didn't do and the one thing that I think differentiates him from Roy Shivers and what he did was leave a quarterback. Well, the quarterback position is so important in this league and, uh, Jeremy, uh, you know, I, I think the world of Jeremy O'Day, I think he's going to be a great general manager. He's truly one of us he's he's a saskatchewan yeah. kind of guy even though i don't think he's originally from here but lockport new york yeah there you go and he's but he's he's certainly planted roots here and uh certainly one of us in saskatchewan and that's what i i, I think he's going to be great he's going to do a super job and i can't wait till he gets into the the draft which is when rob coming up in april may or it's early may i think may so um but in terms of quarterback yeah he's you know i mean Claros is is probably the uh big question for going into this year and uh i think he's a good quarterback as again i'm speaking as a fan um but he he needs to remain unhurt and uh uh, truth be told, he's got a lot of people that he can go to in the air and, and on the ground. Well, they've, yeah. they've certainly improved the running game with William Powell. Yeah, Powell's going to be That's interesting. That, that was a tremendous signing. He lit us up, a, like, what, a couple times. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm glad he's on our side now. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I still wonder about the receiving core. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we go back to Roy, and in year one, Roy finds Curtis Marsh. Yeah. Paul Jones has got to find a Curtis Marsh. Maybe without some of the extracurricular stuff, but yeah. <laughs> they could really use uh, Paul uh, an addition like like uh, Curtis Marsh. Yeah, someone you know, like that. that or can, trading for a guy like Travis Moore. They need a guy one, who can be a real linchpin of the passing attack. In 2017, we had, what, three receivers over 1,000 yards? Yeah. And last year, we didn't have one. Uh, so, I mean, part and parcel of that is because we our quarterback wasn't there at all the games, but we had... Uh, one, I, I believe our highest ones was closer to 800 yards, and and you you need guys that are over a thousand yards catching the ball, and and our offense is everything. I mean, our defense is is strong. There's no doubt about it. And I think special teams we're we're fine. Our kicking game is very good, um, but really it comes down to offense, and that's what people want to see. I mean, it's exciting to see our defense on there. They're great, right? Yeah. But uh, I get more excited about the offense, to be honest. You know, I, it, that was a real, because I've always been an offensive guy, yeah. but <laughs> insert punchline yeah, here. You, you want that one? <laughs> yeah. Or email your punchlines for that one to rvanstone at postmedia.com. We'll read them on next week's podcast. Um, but honestly, I thought there was, when the Riders were on defense last year, that's when I really got interested in what they were doing. The yeah. offense was like, okay, just. Don't turn the ball over. <laughs> but when the, when, when the defense was in the field, that's when you thought there was going to be some excitement. Yeah, but they were scoring. And they were scoring. <laughs> I mean, they scored as many touchdowns on defense last year as they did through the air. Yeah. I mean, how does that happen yeah, in aerial three-down yeah. football? Yeah. It's a testament to the defense and an indictment of the offense. So they brought back the offensive coordinator and they brought back the starting quarterback. They still haven't really done anything to make you think that the receiving core is going to be several levels above where it was last year so what about arsenal you do you think he's going to do make a difference mind you he's hurt he's right? hurting i yeah. mean if if he can come back and be 90 80 percent of the player that he was in bc that's a major addition but that's still got to i think be considered a question mark right in light of in light of the knee injury he had last september but still i i, I look at that receiving core and who is there that's going to rip up an opposing defense mm-hmm. and that's it's easy to look at the quarterback 
and so much scrutiny is is <laughs> there's so much scrutiny on the quarterback but what kind of weapons does he have when he when he passes? I I still think that's a glaring deficiency on this football team. Well, truth team. be told, what I'm thinking, Rob, is if we can establish a run game, right? I mean, that'll free up some of the uh, receivers. And Powell might be the, the one factor, uh, followed up by what Thigpen would be next, right? And uh, so they got a bit of a one-two punch on the, on the running side. So hopefully uh, that'll... that'll uh, you know, allow the receivers to have a little more room out there. And then realistically, the quarterback's got to get him the ball, right? Yeah. yeah. Get I mean, him Tra- the rock. Trey yeah. Mason was, was pretty good last year. Mm-hmm. And Cameron Marshall was pretty good when he was in there. But I don't think defense has ever had to be overly cognizant of the running game. Now they have yeah, to be. Exactly. What does yeah. that open up with play action? Yeah. Does that mean the defense is going to crowd the box with more people? Does that create more one-on-one matchups downfield? Sure. Does that create more time for the passer? And that's where William Powell can benefit the offense as a whole. Yes, agreed. I I, I think he's a he's a big pickup, and and Jeremy's got his work cut out for him. There's no doubt. But uh, everybody, I think it, all the people I hang with in terms of being fans, they they see what we're seeing right now is that you know if we can shore up our our offense, we're going to be fine. We're gonna, we're going to be contented. There's no doubt. I mean, but there's some teams in the West that are strong, right? And so much of that is based on quarterbacking. Yes, it is. And now, but is that a fair way to evaluate a football team? Uh, I mean, if you look at the Great Cup winners every year, and it's virtually guaranteed you're, you're, that if you win a Great Cup, you're going to have a marquee quarterback. Mm-hmm. But it is not guaranteed, if you turn it around, it's not guaranteed that you're going to win a Great Cup if you have a marquee quarterback. Mike Riley and the Edmonton Eskimos finished last last year. Yeah. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, with all their quarterbacking woes, finished second. So, yeah, you are need we, are we making that. too big a deal as quarterbacking thing? Well, it could be. It could be the Wayne Gretzky didn't win every year, did he? Right, and uh, Connor McDavid right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's it's uh, we probably are. It's but it's one glaring issue. I mean, being a quarterback in Saskatchewan is probably a whole lot of no fun because <laughs> 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 you know you're scrutinized. You're in the bubble, right? And uh, we care about our team. Uh, we care about winning. I I remember when I was uh, there, and of course back in those days, we winning was a great thing. Uh, but I said to Harold Smith, who was a uh, a coach at the time, I said, Harold, just win at home. I mean, I don't even care if you don't win away, <laughs> but like win at home, people go away feeling good, right? Uh, when the riders do well, we as a province feel good about ourselves, and, there, and there's something to be said about that. It's amazing how much of a connection there is between the fortunes of the Rough Riders and and the the mood. I mean, yeah. The economy could be bad and the weather could be awful, but if the Rough Riders win, we're good. People are generally in a good Absolutely. mood. Absolutely, you bet. And uh, but so, but quarterbacking, you're right, is something. I mean, Johnny uh, Manziel, he's not available, obviously. <laughs> uh, um, realistically, uh, uh, there's a shortage of quarterbacks or good quarterbacks, and I, I'm not even sure why that is. Do you have any idea? Well, I, the NFL is struggling so much to find quarterbacks. And you look at some of the stiffs that are on NFL <laughs> rosters now, and not just as backups, but as starters. So if they're struggling, yeah. and if you look at the quarterbacks in the Alliance of American Football, some of the few names that I recognize on that list are only names I recognize because they were awful in the Canadian Football right. League. Yeah, they were so, third stringers or something like that, like, right? Yeah. So if the AAF can't find quarterbacks, and the National Football League is really struggling to fill out the quarterbacking depth chart, I think it permeates to the Canadian football league. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And and, and we do make a big deal of it. But obviously, the ones that win the Grey Cup, they tend to have a great quarterback, right? Yeah. But it doesn't necessitate the fact, what you said earlier, that in fact you'll win. 
I mean, I mean, even Henry Burris's first year with the Rough Riders, yeah. they won five games and he threw thirty touchdown passes. Yeah. yeah, and so there's other elements that you need. But I look at I look at Zach Caleros and Calaros, pardon me. And there's a couple of ways of looking at it. Um, when he, I mean, you, I don't think he had the greatest weapons to work with last year, so that that encumbered him. But I keep going back to that game in Calgary where where they won they won in Calgary and Zach Kalaros played tremendously. Yes. They went in there and the offense wasn't a concern that day. The fact that their receivers weren't a great crew didn't really seem to matter. That was a real statement game for, for the Rough Riders and he and for Zach Kalaros. Yeah. And he never got a chance to have that kind of statement game in the playoffs because he wasn't there against the Winnipeg against Winnipeg. And had he been there, there's no doubt that they beat Winnipeg yeah, and go on to play Calgary again. And would Zach Kalaros have had that same type of game the second time around in Calgary, but who knows? But you sure wonder, based upon that, if, you, if you're if you looking at the upside of Zach Kalaros, they went into into Calgary, which has been a very forbidding place over the years, at least in the regular season, and won yeah. with him quarterbacking and playing tremendously, not just being a caretaker, but impacting the game. So we've seen what he can do. And honestly, he just needs to replicate that game in, game out. No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm looking forward to the season. It's going to be interesting, Rob. It's, uh, uh, I mean, the league, the league is in pretty good shape. I mean, uh, uh, there's there's going to be some tough competition in the West. There's no doubt about it. And with Riley going to BC, BC looks good from what I can see. And again, I have the fan perspective. I'm not an expert in it by any means, but uh, – these these the teams that in the West are always strong. Um, what, what about the East? What do you think that's going on there? Well, I think you can pretty much concede a division title to Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> After that, uh, you've got question marks at every with every team as far as the quarterbacking is concerned. And again, we go back to quarterbacking. And, uh, again, maybe that's an oversimplification. Yeah. But Jeremiah Mazzoli's coming off a really good year. Yes. Ottawa lost it ton of players in in free agency they signed jonathan jennings mm-hmm. but uh they didn't really they lost a lot more than they gained marcel desjardins pretty astute though whereas in montreal giving up two first round draft choices for johnny manzel they'll be paying for that for a while and now they still have no idea who the quarterback's going to be so a lot of times you have to compare yourself to what what's out there right and do a competitive analysis and if you do that quite frankly we do that in business all the time but if you do that in football we're still going to be all right. I mean, there's a lot of teams worse shape than we are. Plus, um, if you look at it, even though the the West is loaded with quarterbacks and the East isn't, the Riders still have eight games against the East. Yes, exactly. So I think you could look at that and say, well, they should be able to pull six or seven victories out of the East. We're, we're, and then if you get two or three out of the West, you're 10 and eight, and then you're in, you're, yeah. you're in a pretty good, pretty good position. Exactly. And again, it, it comes down to... All, all three sides of the ball clicking at once, right? And uh, that happened a couple of times last year, but, I mean, realistically, we need to have more. Uh, our defense is good. We just, you know, determine our special teams is fine. It, it's really the offense that really needs to get it going. And uh, there's sort of the Paul Jones factor, too, and Jeremy O'Day alluded to that early in free agency where he said part of their philosophy is going to be to try to develop people that, that – uh, into stars. I mean, nobody had really heard of Duke Williams before right. he became a, a tremendous football player. I remember Weston Dressler showing up in 2008. Yes. Nobody really, they, I don't even think they announced his signing. It was right before training camp. And if they did, it was like the fifth paragraph of a press release. And it was like, Weston Dressler, who is this guy? Well, yeah. you know, you get your Andy Fantuz, Fantuz to come in and they've got the billing because of the, 
of the collegiate credentials, and everybody knew what he was all about. But Weston Dressler came in just quietly. Chris Gatzlaff, Chris Gatzlaff was a was a fifth round draft pick by Hamilton, and look at the player he became. Um, Joey Walters was a waiver pickup from Winnipeg. One of your you know, favorites. Yeah. I love Joey Walters. But you mentioned a couple Canadians in there, right? I mean, I think st- we we talked about it last week a little bit. We touched on it anyway. Is that uh, having good Canadians is important? Maybe, you know, this draft. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what we have for talent in terms of uh, receivers available to us, but maybe Jeremy can find one of those gold nuggets. Right? And, and they're going to need. That on along the receiving core too, because Rob yeah. Bag isn't going to be back. They've signed Corey Watson, but he's he's almost thirty five yeah. years old. Um, there's a Jake Hardy uh, for the second straight year. He's blown up. A, he's blown a knee and won't be able to play. So they're going to have to unless Mitch Picton can really develop. Yes, actually, I'm glad you and mentioned. I'm really it. intrigued by him. Yeah, yeah, and he's definitely coming to camp. So. Uh, when's camp start, Rob? It starts May. Is it? I'm thinking 18th. Yeah. So right after the draft. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's uh, in Saskatoon again. And, you know, it's interesting. They do such a wonderful job of it in, in Saskatoon at Griffith Stadium. And uh, uh, But it gets it gets the whole province excited about football again, for sure. Especially now we're into March. So we can say, okay, two and a half months from yeah. now, the Rogers are having, tr- having training camp. So maybe that can make us feel a little bit better about the conditions. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to imagine uh, uh, anything other than sled dog racing considering <laughs> these, these temperatures so yeah we're getting you know it, it we it's funny though it can be minus 40 with a wind howl and we're still talking rough rider football aren't we it's amazing yeah. i remember it used to be more of an off-season thing yeah you know, where the off-season used to be a little different it wasn't it was before free agency yeah. went crazy and there were a lot of newspapers that used to assign their football writer to cover curling during the off-season because they didn't think the off-season would be that newsworthy but now it's it's a twelve-month-a-year proposition. Yeah. We were we initially were going to discontinue the podcast uh, after your first appearance, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, which makes sense to me. <laughs> Cut. Um, the uh, after the football season, we were going to discontinue it, and it somehow developed a following, as you can tell by all the questions that have I've been inundated with. So we decided to make continue it not only during the off season, but on a weekly basis wow. during the off season. It just and there's there does seem to be an audience for it, believe it or not. Well, and and there's no doubt there is. But we are a sports crazy province. You take a look at what's happening with the Myers uh, curling rink that's playing in the Briar right now. I mean, people are pretty excited about about that group of four. Um, hockey's still big in this province. Uh, it's not going away. I'm I'm a big hockey fan, and uh, from the dub right to the NHL, and uh, and we talk about that too. But Rough Riders is is inserted all the time. You take a look at the front page of that paper that you work with um it's normally rough riders on the front page in the middle of winter it, it's amazing yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't relent i went to the pats game the other day and as on my way to my seat i had two people stop me not with summonses or anything but uh <laughs> subpoenas. And they both, subpoenas restraining orders and they um both of them want to know about the rough riders so here i'm at a pats game yeah. you'd think it would be a sort of a hermetically sealed hockey environment and people want all. to talk football yeah they're sports people right you know and, or, or at the, in the at the gym i mean somebody always wants to talk football at the why they ask me why did you swallow that football what happened to your stomach <laughs> so <laughs> well you're working out that's good yeah Rob. we're trying yeah. so uh, it, uh, it it really is amazing and it's really evolved over the years mm-hmm. I, I think honestly what we talked about last week, the resurrection of the Rough Riders uh, back in the early part of this century, um, that really was the catalyst for, you know, the exciting. I mean, again, we talked about the fact that the economy changed. Uh, 
people started feeling good about it. They were engaged with the football club, and that hasn't gone away. No. I mean, when you win in 2007, you win in 2013. Win at home in 2013, by the way, which is one of the coolest nights I've ever been part of. Um, is is uh, People, you can't help but be excited about this this professional football club. What made that night so cool? Yeah, for the, Riders, me, the Riders beat Hamilton, I recall. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it really wasn't because... Everybody's got a personal Tom, story Tom about Tom Hanks it. was in the crowd. I mean, that was all right. But no, actually, for me... I it, met him, by the way. Did you that really? That was my big coup for the day. I interviewed Tom Hanks before the game. Oh, yeah, right. I, yeah. I read that. He said, I love your Rider coverage. Yeah, he yeah. did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did uh, interview him, though. Yeah, and, and... Anyway, sorry. I think I read that, probably. <laughs> Um, and it wasn't fiction. <laughs> Why? What made that night so special? I, I was there with my youngest son, who is instilled to this. Oh, day. he's he's ninety seven. He's ninety seven. Oh, you're a dick. <laughs> so that's that's as much as I can go with the swearing, right? <laughs> you're a dick. Um, yeah. So he he's a huge football fan, and always he he was coming to games with me all the time, and uh, uh, I was with him. I think, uh, and he was excited. Uh, we were hanging like it was at Taylor Field, so we were with our group of people that we've always been with. Uh, you know how you yeah you you know everybody in and around you, and uh, I think that's what made it cool is because we were at home, and and after we did the walk downtown, it was uh, it was a neat evening and uh, something I'll never forget. Yeah, because it was, it was interesting for me because I started to try and imagine what it would have been like if I was one of those people in the stands and I envied every one of them. Yeah. You know, I had, a, I had a job to do as much as my job, as much as I have a fake job, I still had some responsibilities that day. And I remember looking out and thinking, all these people, I, growing up, I dreamed of this. Yeah. You know, what would it be like to be in the stands? And some, then suddenly I got an inkling of it because it was as soon as, it wasn't long after the Corey Sheets run for first down on second and 19. Yeah. And, uh, and that was kind of the clincher, it seemed. And over the last five minutes, my phone started going crazy. And it, what, none, of the, none of the text messages or anything were work-related. It was my wife in the stands telling me what it was like. She'd gone to Calgary for the game in 2009. So, and, a lot, and a lot of people did. So, you know, she'd seen that. And then she sees the Riders win at home. My friend Lori from Vancouver had flown in from the game. And she's texting me, telling me how amazing it is. My sister went with my nieces, and I'm getting messages from her. Yeah. And, uh, and then suddenly you're seeing what it means to all your, to your friends and people who are close to you. And it was just, there was such a communal thing about it. We so went, communal I, aspect to it. I remember Peyton and I went, uh, my son Peyton and I went early. Because the weather was actually pretty good for that game. But if, Finally, you, yeah. if you remember the week before. Oh, it was horribly cold. Tiger Gas got frostbitten. It was, uh, we, I like to put a little hot sauce on my uh, hot dog before the game, <laughs> and the hot sauce was frozen that day, right? So wow. you know it's cold, right? <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but it was, ex- you know, an, an extreme change in weather, and, and, and what was great is it just, it was, it was perfect, right? I mean, it was. It, it was perfect. Yeah, and, and every bit of it was perfect. And, and you can't write, you're not a bad writer, but you couldn't write stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that day. But it was, I thought about it that day, and I thought, all the things that have traditionally gone against the Rough Riders yeah. were in their favor that day. You look at all the Grey Cup misfortune that they've had and all the fluky things and, and unfathomable things that have happened. And you look at the 13th man as one extreme and Tony Gabriel's not far yeah. from that. And the Ian Sunter field goal in 72 isn't far from that. Um, but then you look at a fortuitous bounce when Darian Durant fumbles and Corey Sheets gains 39 yeah. yards in the play. Now, once upon a time, that play would have gone in the other, other direction. Yeah, Darian exactly. Durant fumbled three times yeah. that day. Nobody remembers that. 
because oh, yeah. because of I everything didn't. else that went in their favor. Yeah. It was just like it was like they were there was this one big payback for all the misery. The the cold weather which prevented them from getting to the Grey Cup in 1970 um just evaporated for a day. I, and it was it was just a perfect perfect day. I often thought after that game about all the people that probably felt like I did just like we were finally vindicated right yeah is is the Tom Shepherds the Larry Mueller's the Jill McDougal's the Alan Ford's I mean all the people that worked in the background of course that's where where I come from but all those people that spent a ton of time in, and 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 when we won we were great but we lost a lot yeah <laughs> and, and, and painfully and, it was and painful. unfathomably at yeah. times i remember driving because i had a rough rider vehicle when i was with the rough riders when i first started up people used to flip me the bird right uh until we got you know 2003 2004 and then things started turning around and, and then they were honking and waving right so there was a big shift back in those days but your right your yeah. rider vehicle went three yards and then four yards and then you punted right <laughs> and then and then flat tires <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah so sorry it, it, no but that's about right it it, it it changed them uh tremendously over the years and 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 and, and that's great i mean 2013 kind of I, I would love to see us do, replicate something like that but it's not going to happen it's uh i don't think you can ever match that no. one um I don't know why we got off on this tangent about 2013, but so many things come to mind, and, mm-hmm. you know, and now they're, they want they aspire to host the Grey Cup. Well, they are hosting the Grey Cup again in 2020. And the thing I remember is riders are up 31-6 at halftime. So I thought, okay, this might be one of the rare columns that somebody's actually going to read. So I better make this good, you know. <laughs> so I popped open the laptop, and over the halftime show, I started with all apologies to Headley. I started writing my column. That was the uh, flipping snowmobiles, wasn't it? I don't even recall. Yeah, it was. I, I just it was right in front of us. I thought I got a great half. I got a great head start on my column here. So for about a half hour, I started writing my column, and then, and then, um, in the third quarter, Hamilton kind of starts creeping back into the game, and suddenly Henry Burris scores to make it thirty-one to sixteen, yeah. and I thought, hmm, um, the Montreal Alouettes trailed by sixteen points with a lot less time than this, and won. And I took my laptop, and without even saving the file i just went i'm not writing anymore and <laughs> and i just left it shut and a I lot w- of people wish that would have been yes it. It should have been for, for good right <laughs> i thought i i'm i don't want to i don't want to jinx this i i, I remember when darian scored in the 27 20, 2009 gray cup to put them ahead 27 16 and i turned to my right ian hamilton was sitting to my right at the uh at mcmahon stadium i turned to my right and i said well darian durant just made himself a lot of money yeah, and it was just like riders have won the Grey Cup. So I thought about that, and then I thought about having written by that point about 500 words and how glorious it was that the riders won the Grey Cup at home. And I just went bang. And after Corey Sheets had that run, and Taj Smith with a great block, by the way, I kind of okay, maybe I can open this <laughs> a little bit. But I thought, am I going to have this on my tombstone? This 500 word. <laughs> because <laughs> somebody you know, would find it yeah right? you know just oh the riders did win that no. great cup and uh and then i remember allowing myself a few minutes after the few seconds after the game to just to look around and say okay this is really cool yeah we never uh, left the stadium for you know, i don't know how long after it was like we were one of the last to leave just because you didn't want to leave yeah, and then and then we went downtown and it was just brilliant right so I mean, what a way to Really say goodbye to Taylor Field. Yeah. So, so the, you, you spoke of the 2020 Grey Cup. That is going to be 
great whether we're in it or not. I, I would love it if we're in it. The festival aspect yeah. will be unlike but anything we could ever fathom. It, it'll be amazing because it's all on one spot, and it's never been done before. And, and uh, uh, to have, you know, you, you basically go to Everaz Place, and everything is there. All the other teams are there, uh, all the fe- festivities, it, and it's going to be a wonderful experience. Well, your foot have healed by then, so you yeah. can get around. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all right, yeah. I'm going to get this cast off in a couple of weeks, so we're good. Well, it, uh, <laughs> we've talked about some cast-offs before discussing the quarterbacks. So. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, plenty. Anything else you'd like to opine about Rough Rider related? Um, no, you know what? I think we you know, we covered it off. I, uh, I, I, I appreciate the fact that I had... You know, a small little. Smidgen, it was really small. Too. To do, like to, really, really small to do with the team. <laughs> you can't but, even see yeah. it with a microscope. Small. <laughs> but there's a few Sorry. of us. <laughs> that's, yeah, that kind of small. Yeah, it, but uh, it, it's uh, as a fan now, and a fan before I was at the Riders. Uh, uh, it's part and parcel why we stay in this province, right? In this bloody cold weather, uh, it, it it it's kind of interwoven into us, and and and, and it, it's part of us, right? And I can't imagine not going to a football game. I remember I was able to, my dad had never, and he's passed away now, but my dad had never been to a football game, and I got him uh, clubby seats in the old Taylor Field when when, uh, when, when I was working there, and, and I'd never seen him at it. I think he was in his 70s at the time, just absolutely thrilled. Man. But but it almost, you know, it's emotional when you talk yeah. about it, right? It, it, but but he had never, ever, he's a farmer, he listened, he loved the team. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you don't come to the games, it doesn't mean you're not a fan. No. You are a fan whether you're living in Toronto or, or wherever, right? And you're paying for that stadium even if you've never heard that, of a football. <laughs> that's right. So it's, it's. Uh, uh, I guess, when I say it's interwoven into us, I, I believe it is. And and, uh, and and that's why, for me, I've, I was proud to be part of it and proud to be a fan. My dad was never a big football fan. The only time you'd see him at the stadium was when he was picking me up after the game sometimes. And uh, I remember the Riders um, beat Edmonton 40 to nothing on August 15th, 1976. And dad picked me up outside the stadium and we drove to Winnipeg because he took me there for an architectural convention. He, he he was the architect. Right. I was twelve, and uh, that's only, I think the only time I saw him ever saw him close to the stadium was when we went to. He had to pick me up because we had to go to Winnipeg, and then we checked into the Winnipeg, the lobby of the Winnipeg Hotel, and the Bay City Rollers were standing right there. That's, so you really got excited. Oh then. boy, there's Les McEwen and Woody Woodward, Woody Woody Woods, and uh, whatever, um, Derek Longmuir. <laughs> well, you know them all. My yeah, wife they were big too. when I was twelve, <laughs> and uh, so that's about as close as Dad ever got. But Mom was always a big football fan. It's Mom oh, I always okay. went to the to the games with, and uh, so it was, it was. I wish Mom could have been at the Grey Cup in twenty thirteen. Yeah. She's got some mobility issues that uh, have plagued not only her but some of the running backs over the years. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I always wished I always wished Mom had been able to see them win a Grey Cup in person. I think all your listeners would would have that same kind of story where it's passed down from generation to generation. I have a granddaughter now in Calgary, and uh, I what did I buy her? Of course, I bought her nothing but Rough Rider gear, right? Because she's not growing up to be a Stamps fan. We can't have that happen, <laughs> right? And uh, uh, her her it would bug you though. So I'm sure she could have fun. Oh with yeah, it. her her my son-in-law would. He's kind of like you. He would love the fact that she was wearing Stan Peter stuff, but I, she won't be allowed in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's it's true that it, it gets passed on from generation to generation. It's never going to stop. But I feel bad because Mom and I were at the Tony Gabriel game, mm. and uh, we actually went to the West Final in '72, 
and that was my first plane ride. We saw the Riders beat Winnipeg 27-24. We cool. flew there that morning, went to the game, stayed at the same hotel that the Bay City Rollers were in, actually, <laughs> four years later, and then came back. And then in 76, we were at the uh, Tony Gabriel game. And I always thought, I just, I just wish Mom had been able to go to see did, the Riders did, win. So when... When they got to the Grey Cup in 2007, I phoned Dave Ash at Dash Tours and I basically booked a tour package for mom to go to Toronto because I wanted her to see the riders in a Grey Cup and hopefully win. She didn't go? And she didn't want to go because she didn't want to leave her dog unattended. Ah. Her dog, her dog Flutie. So she, she, she was really grateful, but she says, I can't leave my dog for a few days. And so she didn't go. Yeah, and, and the he, trip was the Dave had my visa Dave number would have taken and care of it. You know, yeah. he, it was all set. Yeah. It was all set. And I, I wish to this day I'd been more insistent that she go. She could have even taken her dog. She's still with us, Rob. Yes, she is. She okay. turns eighty-five on March twenty-fourth. Oh, cool. Peyton Manning's forty-third birthday. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Peyton's a good name, yeah, I understand. It, so, so she uh, she watched the game though in twenty thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. you talked she, about it. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it, and you know, my sister was there, so there was a nice family representation. But yeah. I always wish, and I realize this is often a big no, tangent. But when good. you but when you mentioned your dad, I thought, gee, I wish yeah. I wish mom had seen them win a Grey Cup. And uh, if they're in there in 2020, I'll 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 get people to carry yeah. her into the stadium. Yeah, my dad, <laughs> if, uh, if I have to. But my dad flew a Rough Rider flag at the farm, eh? And uh, till the day he died, right? It's it's, it's kind of cool, but uh, uh, it means something, right? Yeah, it truly does. That's why we've gone on as long as we have. Yeah, you so, bet. And uh, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us. You're the you're the first back to back special guest we've ever we've wow. ever had and we're so appreciative appreciative trent that we're not going to have you back next fair week. enough <laughs> <laughs> Murray, Murray mccormick is back from mexico oh, next Murray, week yeah. so uh, ratings go down yeah we were, we were <laughs> so much for that <laughs> we've peaked here but I, I hope you'll join us again during the season because i'd, oh, I'd, I'd love, love to to, yeah. to continue this so excellent thanks rob trent uh, fraser thanks so much i'm uh, rob vanstone and uh, i gotta read this again um Please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. It helps us grow the podcast. Nailed the first paragraph. Yeah, well done. Thank you. If you'd like to send us a question, <laughs> here we go again, insert laugh track, you can email me at rvanstone@postmedia.com, and we might read your question on the show. For, <laughs> for Trent Fraser, I brought Vanstone. Thanks so much. We'll, we'll do this next week for number 42, Eddie Lowe. Take care.